Welcome to the Sports Marketing Huddle, a podcast that looks at all things marketing in the world of sports. I'm your host, Rob Cressy, founder of Bacon Sports. And joining me today is Paige Demakos, digital media host for TD Fantasy in the Draft Network. Paige, super excited to have you on the show. Yeah, we kind of had our own version of this podcast sitting at Gibson's in Chicago. So I'm really excited to have this conversation again because I felt like we probably could have talked for like six hours. So I'm excited to like have it as actual content that's going to be available to other people because I felt like I wanted to like look around and be like, is everybody listening to this? Like, is everybody feeling this energy? Like we're trying to be positive. Like, and nobody else was caring about it because it's the Viagra Triangle in Chicago and it's all a bunch of people trying to date each other. We were the only people there that were like, vibing about good stuff everybody else is doing something else <laughs> it, well exactly and we're going to break this bad boy into three separate episodes that way we can deliver a lot of goodness and we want to what i want to talk about first is the current sports media and content landscape and there's so many different angles that we can go with this is there a particular place that you would like to start on your thoughts on the sports media and content landscape, something you have a ton of experience in. Uh, maybe let's start with kind of uh, the landscape now, I guess, where we are, as we're all trying to, I think a good way to describe it is uh, the teenage years of like trying to figure out what's going on. Cause a lot of people are still just trying to figure out what is happening in the social space, um, how they're gonna get to the next generation who's even more dialed in with social media. Uh, you hear the buzzwords esports a lot. You hear the buzzword gambling a lot. Uh, so the whole sports space is really trying to figure out how, who they are and what they're doing. And that reminds me of a teenager. So that's kind of, that's the way I would describe so the sports media landscape. I see two real things then. We've got personal brands and then we've got brands of companies. And there's a blur between both of those because oftentimes the personal brands the, the brands want to hire those people to become part of their personal brands. But one thing that continually drives me nuts, which is a challenge for the industry, is I'm very engagement and community focused in everything that I do. And I know you are very much with the way that you interact on social. But I see that the way that brands interact isn't the same way that a personal brand does. And quite frankly, the majority of brands that I see in the sports media landscape push out content but don't see themselves as a, as a community whereas on the personal brand side we can interact like we normally do why do you think that is and why are we not seeing more brands adopt more of a community focused uh fan engagement type strategy in what they're doing so I don't know why they're not doing it because the evidence is there. Um, this is a little shout out to my, my guy, uh, Blake Lawrence at Open Doors. Their team is always proving this day in and day out with the stuff that they put out on social media showing that if you, if you put the exact same tweet on, a, on an athlete's channel versus the team's channel, the engagement to the individual athlete is so much higher because people associate the individuals with this community that doesn't exist really within the bigger brands. And some teams do an excellent job, right? Like some, some of my favorite follows on social media are teams. And I know the people behind the teams and it's because they get that a fan base is a community. If, if anything, it's a community. And so they, they do a really good job. But I think the best example of you're saying a personal brand versus a big brand. So you're looking at like ESPN and then you're looking at Adrian Wojnarowski, which you understand why they hire Woj. He breaks all the NBA news and makes a ton of sense. 
but his engagement of what he does is way different than what ESPN does. And I'm not picking on ESPN. I'm just using an example. If I, if I put stuff out and I think I said this to you before, but I think brands, not only sports brands, brands across the entire landscape, forget that the first part of media is social media. And I think they forget what social means. Social means you're talking, you're having conversations, you're engaging with each other and you're not spitting stuff out and then just walking away from it. And I think that's, to me, it's kind of ridiculous that there's still brands that are doing that because it's so detrimental to your overall brand. And it's not really, it's not doing anything that's good for social media or for your, for your audience. So let's talk about the next thing, differentiation or a lack thereof, because the reason I created Bacon Sports six years ago as a sports blog is because at the time I looked everywhere and it was copy paste, insert what's on Bleacher, Deadspin, ESPN, and it was just news aggregation. And I was like, you know what? I can do a better job of this because I want to build a community. I want to have a brand heartbeat. I want to create original content. I want it to be funny and snarky and pop culture and blend all of these things. And I believe there are very few brands out there in the sports media landscape where if I could see a piece of content, I can tell you who that is from because everybody has access to the exact same, wow, James Harden is straight on fire. And it's more delivering the news so people don't really care where it's from, but therein lies the opportunity because why would you want to be like everyone else? But it seems like the entire industry is just being like everybody else. I think it's because you lack innovation, right? They just, as a, as a total, the decision makers, right? Because at the end of the day, you're talking about, this isn't the content creators. This isn't the writers that you follow. The, at the end of the day, they're taking direction. If you're CBS, Fox, ESPN, NBC, Yahoo, any of these guys, they're taking direction from the big boys. And I say boys on purpose because I'm talking about the fact that there's a lack of, of diversity of voices when they're talking about decision-making and there's no innovation. And that is a reflection of what you see underneath. That's why you say, I can't read anything and look at it and go, yeah, I know that writer. Whereas when I was like, I'm 29, when I was, I, I didn't read the newspaper my whole life, but I read the newspaper most, I was a journalist. So, and I went to journalism school and I knew that my whole life. So as a kid, I always grew up reading the newspaper. I wanted to read about the Cubs. I read the Chicago Tribune. So there were certain columnists that I knew that I would read and I would go, oh yeah, that's that guy or that's this guy, or that's this girl. Like I knew that the, the writing, and listen, I get it's a different time and I don't read the newspaper or more any or subscribe to it, but I definitely seek out specific writers to read their stuff, If I, whether it's in pop culture or in politics or in sports or, or whatever the landscape is. So I think there's room for that, like you're saying. It's just, we can't all, get, like one, nobody wants to read a game recap, so stop writing them. Like, I, like a traditional game recap. Twitter is my game recap. If I want to see what happened during a game, I'm going to Twitter, not reading a game recap. So if you want to write really good content, tell really good stories. Athletes, if we're talking about the sports space, athletes have amazing stories. Continue to tell them. And I think we just, we just lack innovation in this space, and I think everybody's just copying each other because they just don't really know what else to do. So is there still a place for writing in the sports media landscape? Because when I started, I actually started as a writer because I love to write. It's one of those things that like, if you never got paid to do this, would you continue to do this? And my answer was yes, because I just love writing. But then as I continued to follow uh, the evolution of content creation in sports media, 
podcasting came out and video and more higher impact stuff. And when I moved away from the whole chasing page views game and instead went to things that are more high touch and more relationship building, writing sort of went away. And right now the majority of my writing actually goes on LinkedIn where I can do more value-based stuff, where I can be vulnerable and I can share things. But when I look in the sports media landscape, I don't see a ton of writing. Like I love Zach Lowe uh, because his NBA knowledge is just ridiculous. But I listen to him through his podcast because uh, back from the Grantland days, they've got like 20,000 words on Juwan Howard's weak side help defense, stuff like that. And where do you think, if at all, there is room for writing? Because the attention spans are so short right now in general, and we're always working on optimizing what's the best use of our time in ways that we can engage people that I just don't feel the same about writing as I used to a few years ago. So I think there's two examples that I'm going to bring up, and they're not in the sports space, but I think they're, they're great examples of what is working. So I read, I read Axios News, their email subscription, which has huge numbers. They're doing crazy numbers on their, on their email subscription newsletter. So it comes out, and you're talking two sentences, two, to th- two sentences to a paragraph on all the topics going on in the news. It goes from pop culture. It's mostly political and what's going on in the world, right? And so for me, it's a good way for me to start my morning off with what's the stock market doing? What's the, what's well, globally, what's going on? What's going on? I mean, all the, the heavy, like, but in little, little bits so that I can digest them. And then if I decide that I really want to go read more, I click off and go read an article, right? And I think that's, that works. And then I read the brew also in the morning, which also has high newsletter um, subscription base. And listen, it's, they are getting huge numbers on their email marketing for a reason because it's short, it's digestible and it's not. And then, and I feel like I'm getting news that matters. Right. And I, and I think that would work in the sports space done correctly. But when you're talking about writing traditionally, like the athletic, I'm not sure that that works anymore. I just don't, I don't see that that model just writing only right without any of the other content, whether that's social content or podcasting or video, in my opinion, a complement of both of that, of all of those things. Right. I don't think you can just stand alone, write anymore. I just don't think it works anymore. Uh, not, not, not to make money, not, not in the way that at the end of the day, you know, you and I both know this, it's about dollars and cents at, at the end of the day. And the people that are in charge are, have a, have a budget and they need to make the budget. And if it's not making money, that's why you're seeing Fox and ESPN and a lot of these people let off their writers because they can't justify paying a six figure income to somebody who's writing stories. And that's it. You just, you can't do that because they're not getting a return on that. Yeah. And I've got sort of an interesting perspective on the athletics. So for me, I'm from Pittsburgh. So I'm a big Pittsburgh sports fan. And I used to subscribe to DK Pittsburgh sports, which is a former Pittsburgh sports writer opens his own thing. And I had a subscription for a year, but then Last going into last year, I stopped rooting for the Pirates because I refuse to support their ownership because they don't care about the fans, and I'm not going to give my attention to something that doesn't want to love me back. So baseball is obviously super long, and then the Steelers season unfortunately ended early. So now the only thing right now for me is the Penguins. So in the Pittsburgh sense, so a few months ago, the Athletic had a hey subscribe for whatever twenty dollars for the entire year, and I was like great. I'll check it out. I obviously love to see what's going on in the sports media world. And I'm finding I don't go there very often because I was trying to go there specifically for my 
Pittsburgh content and then my Chicago content. So Cubs, Bears, Bulls, Blackhawks. And for whatever reason, and you mentioned it, there's game recap stuff, but the game recap wasn't as good as DK, who was had a beat writer there giving me breakdowns of the video, stuff like that. And then when it comes to the brand of The Athletic, they've never – the athletic has never responded back to me as a fan on something. For so sure. there's no community. There's no engagement. I can't remember ever really seeing a video from the athletic. So my experience there, while I understand what they're doing, I just don't see from my own personal consumption, it being the, the new media way to capture a sports fan's attention. Because for me, everybody else is doing it better. They're just doing it with a new package maybe? Yeah, and think about the subscriptions that really work with people our age, right? I'm thinking about, I'm looking at Netflix, right? Where you're producing really, really a, a content that I cannot not have, right? That's, that's, the, that's the difference. I am only going to pay for content that I cannot miss out on. FOMO, okay? Millennials, the next generation, Gen Z. If you're gonna, if, you, if I'm gonna pay for something, it better be something that I so desperately need that I have to pay for it because I don't pay for anything else. I don't have cable. I don't have any other subscriptions. Literally the only thing that I pay for on a monthly basis from a content standpoint in that direction is Netflix because I am addicted to so many series on Netflix that I cannot not have my Netflix. And it doesn't matter that they're going to raise the prices $2 because guess what? I'm going to pay for it because I don't care. I'm addicted to what they produce. There's nothing for me that I did the same thing as you. I, I tried it out. I tested it out. There's nothing that, that draws me into the athletic. And I'm, I, I don't want to be overly negative. I have, tons of my, I have tons of friends that work there. So for me, I hope that it works out. I just, when I'm looking at it from the outside, I'm going, I don't see why I would be drawn to pay for this. I just don't. And, and maybe, maybe that changes and maybe they evolve their model. But to me, that's a losing battle because asking people to pay for stuff that's just writing. I just, I don't think that that's coming back. I don't think that it's just a digital newspaper and I don't think that that's coming back. I agree. Here's a question. How do you watch sports currently if you don't have cable? Uh, how do I watch sports? My dad has a uh, cable and I use his internet login to watch sports. Because I have direct TV and the only reason I have direct TV is for the NFL Sunday ticket sunrise package into watch sports because I literally don't watch, I don't watch the news. I don't watch, I don't even really watch Netflix. I only watch sports because that's all I really care about and I'm interested in. Um, yeah. So I should say I have a, my boyfriend, and I have a little antenna, so we get CBS Fox sports, but that's, I mean, it literally costs us $13 and it does not a reoccurring price. Like it's a little antenna and we get Fox, CBS, NBC. So all the national broadcasts we get every week and then I pay for, and it's a, write-off for work is I have Sunday ticket so I can watch all the NFL I want and then my dad has sports and never uses his he's a he's an old man he's 60 so he's he's traditional media all the way so for me I get to use the okay I'll get online and I get to watch ESPN and all the other stuff so lastly let's talk about podcasting and video in the more high impact relationship building type of content opportunities that are out there and I think there's two ways that we can go with this. One, just specifically talking about them because I'm someone who's forward thinking and how I use these things. And, and obviously the sports landscape, 
People are very up to date on boom. Let me do live streams. Let me do videos. Let me do podcasts. But I think it's also interesting to look into how brands are doing that specifically with who in terms of the model of let me get a, a former athlete. Let me get a bunch of people in suits. And I find that there's an element of relatability that's really missing because once again, we're going to have more homogenous content because they believe that because we're a big company and we can get great talent with good experience, that that's going to allow me, the sports fan consumer, to instantly want to consume them when quite frankly, I may rather have your perspective on the Chicago Bears or on fantasy football because I can relate more to you and it doesn't make someone right or wrong. I just look at content in terms of relatability, uh, entertainment. Uh, is it uh, inspiring or educating? And I don't relate to a suit. I, I, I couldn't agree more. So I think for me, what's worked for me is being genuine to who I am. I am a sports fan. At the end of the day, that is why I love sports because I'm a fan of sports teams. And so for me, I always had this kind of battle while I was going through journalism school because it was like, you can't be a fan. You can't do this. You can't do that. And I was like, but why can't I be? Why, why isn't there room for all of us, right? Like I get why a beat reporter has to go into a locker room and has to be completely objective. I get that. But I never wanted to be a beat reporter. That wasn't my angle. I wanted to be entertaining and I wanted to be relatable and I wanted to talk like a fan and be a fan because that's who I am. And I am unapologetically who I am. And I am a passionate Greek sports fan. And there's no way for me to turn that off. Like it just doesn't exist for me. And so I think what's resonated with the people that I've built a community with as the sports page on social media is I'm petty page and I'm super petty about my sports teams. And I'm all, and I'm always like talking smack, but in a, in a fun way, right? Like I have, I, I get it. People get upset, but I I never take it too seriously. Cause at the end of the day, it's sports, right? Like at the end of the day, it's, it's sports. And my life goes on and I have my health and like, I don't want to get preachy, but like I can get up and be happy every day. Like I get it. Like I'm, I'm miserable for 24 hours after the bears, Cody parking misses that kick. Right. And don't talk to me for 24 hours. And then I'm fine and I get over it. But I think that's, that's what's worked for me in a relatability standpoint. And I think I understand that a lot of people don't like barstool and I get why they're super controversial. I get it. But I think what's worked for them is being who they are and knowing that a lot of fans can resonate with being a fan. I, th I think that that's what's worked for them. And I think they do things that I sometimes look and go, I don't know why you guys do that because you don't have to, you should just be like big cat is a Chicago sports fan. I can resonate with, I'm just like big cat when he's watching a sports game and I'm watching the video of him watching Cody Parkey miss the field goal. That's me. And that's, that's what I think is missing in, like you said, I can't associate with the suit. I can't. And I don't, need a, I don't need a full breakdown for six hours ahead of an NFL game. I'm sorry. That's not what I'm interested in. Yeah, you nailed it 100%. So, Paige, where can people connect with you? Uh, you guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram, both places. I am at the underscore sports page with an I. And as always, I would love to hear from you about this episode. What are your thoughts on the current sports media landscape? Hit Paige and I up. You can hit me up on Instagram at Rob underscore Cressy, Twitter at Rob Cressy, or on LinkedIn. That's it. That's all, 